When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. back to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm delighted to be joined by Kevin McCluskey who is often seen on the match day, Kev, and also James McKenzie who will be joining us for the pre-match and halftime before getting away onto his laptop and writing up all the post-match ramblings on the Axon blog. Gentlemen, the team has been announced obviously all week. James, you've been talking about the aftermath of Atletico Madrid, how we're going to line up what is the um, winger opportunity going to be and for who um, and all such matters? Uh, what do you make of that starting 11, James? Well, it's a good starting 11. I'm excited to see how it lines up. It's inspired me a bit more than some of the other players I potentially could have fielded on the park. But the big talking points have been going over all week. It's been the midfield. The midfield's been the talking point for the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. He's been constantly chopping and changing there. And then we're obviously thinking about the wings as well. Yang's the man that he's picked to play alongside Palmer in those wide areas. And I think that's the right decision. He's looking like he's coming on to a game the last few weeks. So I'll be excited to see him after I go at this Aberdeen team. And same with Oden Holm. I've been a big fan of him on the show. I've been praised him many times since his signing. So I'm hoping he can take this opportunity, him and Yang, because Aberdeen they haven't been the greatest this season. And we need a we we need a reaction, and the fans want a reaction from the result midweek. Celtic need to go and put a dominant, comprehensive performance today, and I think it's a good opportunity to do that. It definitely is. I mean, it's easy, Kevin, um, to get drawn into the doom and gloom of a trouncing in Europe. You start to question everything, don't you? You look at um, at all ma- manner of questions that you otherwise wouldn't be uh, digging into. Some of them are as immediate as who gets picked in the start of eleven. Others are wider in terms of the board, recruitment, youth development. All of these things have been put into the um, into focus this week on a Celtic state of mind. It would be great to just be able to focus on the performances of the players, how Brendan Rodgers lines up for each individual game. But a humping in Europe can do that to you. And that is what's kind of knocked us this week, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, you got to me one day for um, 
think it was the time when I was on from, with, uh, with Jerry for being so eloquent about a point, and then I said that you get pumped at the end of it. Uh, so I'm just going to put that one back at you. Uh, it was a lovely, eloquent little segue into introducing me, and then you go and you get humped in Europe. Uh, humped and pumped, yes. All right, we did. We took a bit of a humping on Tuesday night. Uh, and it's, it's I don't know, it's funny that you should mention those things about you start doubting everything. Yeah. Because that's what I've been doing all week. My mind has been scrambled for the, since Tuesday, just thinking about that game and everything, all the lead up to it. You know, I've been thinking back to summer recruitment, to last January's, last summers. I've been looking at the youth development and going, yeah. there isn't youth development because no one comes through and look at that bench. Yes, you could argue there's two academy graduates there in Forrest and Ralston, but they came through a decade ago. There's no one new coming through. My mind's just been going through all of that stuff. Um, so I don't know if I'm in the best <laughs> the best state of mind coming on here. But then there's a the thing that James said as well, that what you want is a dominant performance. And that's the other thing that's been coming in my mind today, is that to get rid of Tuesday, and let's we shouldn't ever forget about that because we need to remember it to help take the club forward. But in the short term, we just need a dominant performance today. We need to go out there, play the football that we're capable of playing. Mm-hmm. Aberdeen to the sword, capitalising the fact that they didn't play their game until Thursday night, so they've had less time to recover. And just, we need to blow them away today. And that will lift some of those cobwebs of whatever you want to say from Tuesday night. It will start getting you a wee bit more positive again. But we need to see that first, I think, before we can really get there. Well, the thing with James, not only has he been speaking about the performances all season on a Celtic state of mind, he's been writing about them, digging in to the nuances of team selection, who should and shouldn't play. Um, And then you've got the bigger, wider questions uh, and debates, Kevin, that we've already mentioned. I could probably throw in Scottish football into the mix as well and, and Celtic's place in the wider food chain and how that's affected by playing in this league that has been discredited um, week on week, not by European performances, but by the officiating and the tin pot approach that we have um, to the game. So all these things have been discussed, but we're going to be focusing, James, obviously on the start 11, but I want to go back to um, some of the comments made this week from Brendan Rodgers. I, I find them very, very engaging. It's like any pre-match or post-match is worth listening to when Brendan Rodgers is speaking. I felt the same about Ange, but that was for different reasons. I used to like Ange just giving the 20-yard stare, uh, picking out somebody in the room to call mate and give uh, people a hard time and all that. So I liked watching Ange for that reason. I liked listening to, to Brendan because he does talk like he has done uh, over the last few days about you know young players, if they're good enough, they're going to be in this team. He loves to develop. That's why he got into coaching. He's spoken about that. He's spoken previously about recruitment and his take on it has kind of changed since he's come in. I think it's safe to say, James, he probably realised that that first window, there wasn't a great deal he could do to influence it um, or even infiltrate it. Some of the deals were already getting done. Legacy deals we've been calling them. And he's looking ahead to January. He's talking about quality. This is the word he keeps using, James. He needs more quality in the team. If you were to look at the Champions League um, in terms of the first three games, I think most of us at Axon and, and many people within the comments section were thinking, well, there's, there's some progress getting made there. Fine, you can write off any European game where you're, you're down to t- nine men. It's impossible to win that game. You look at Lazio, slim, slim margins 
to to be defeated on that particular night. You know, it could have been so much different. And then you look at Leco Madrid and think, wow, we've got to that point. We've had our best performance of the season. And then it all starts crumbling down because we took a real trouncing. There's a third word for you, Kev. Not as, not as bad as the other two. A real trouncing so PG on that Tuesday one. night. <laughs> Tuesday night. So, so James, there, there has been the knee-jerk reaction. And then you listen to Brendan and he starts breaking it down and saying, listen, we do need more quality, but we did go up against the same team at Celtic Park and we we acquitted ourselves really, really well. What's your take on it now that the dust has settled, James, in terms of where we are in this group and our performances in Europe this season? I feel like there's been encouragement from the performances. You can't say that in any of the games, apart from that Atletico Madrid game, we didn't go toe-to-toe with the opponents at least some point. And we can argue that if this decision didn't go this way or if somebody takes this chance, so on and so forth. But we make that argument every single Champions League campaign. Yeah. And it's going to keep happening over and over and over and over. So I think we've got to stop feeling so sorry for ourselves and just address the real problem head on, which is you've got to be a bit more reactive in in the transfer window. I think we'll find out today the real quality of some of these players because someone like Oden Holm, we've hardly seen him. We've seen him scarcely in appearances from the bench. We saw him start once and we got put out of the fireplace cup off, off Kilmarnock in that game. So nobody really is going to go back and watch that to see how Holm played in his first start for Celtic. But you can look at a lot of the signings that Celtic make in every chance window and you can see there's players that are of a good quality domestically and there's a player that are of the European calibre. I say if you look at the champion, if you look at the transfer window so far, I think Luis Palma looks like maybe the only player who's Champions League quality or European quality. Mm-hmm. You've got to give it a bit more time. As we say, a lot of the players we signed, I think Nat Phillips might be the only player we signed that's over the age of 23. We signed a lot of young players with spot a lot of room for growth and a lot of potential mm-hmm. there. So I think you've got to give them some time, I think. But we'd like to see some sort of a reaction in January or perhaps even next summer because... Everybody wants to be pushing on in Europe. Rogers stated that it was a stone left unturned when he first came into Celtic. And he touched on bringing through youth, youth players. That's been... When I first joined the Celtic State of Mind back in, I think it was May of last year, we were talking about that on my first show. We were talking about Celtic struggling to bring through youth players. Yeah. And here we are in November 2023, and it's still a problem. I think if you go back to Ange, he said... They first came into Celtic. One of the things I want to do is I want to bring through the youth players. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only false promise that Ange gave us. That's the only thing that Ange promised us had never delivered on. And that's Brendan now coming and said, I want to bring through some of the youth players. And we've not seen any signs of it yet. So you're just wondering when these opportunities are going to pop up. The thing with youth, um, again, something that I was probably brought up with and spoiled, uh, Kev, you would have been the same coming from a, a, a similar era. Not the same era, Kev, a similar era as my own, whereby um, Celtic brought through youth players. And I mean, that's not the biggest topic of discussion today for anyone in the, the comment section wondering. It's, it definitely is not. But Celtic had a real um, tradition of doing it, you know. And yes, and many, many eras they did it to sell the players on and uh, you know even in the 50s it was to install the first set of floodlights and then it went on and on and on and then you know the, the group of players that probably didn't get broken up and sold on were at their peak the Lisbon Lions but any other team that we had were broken up sold on and much of that profit was made through 
bringing our own players through. It's not happening. And on your point, James, in relation to Ange making the promise, Brendan making the promise, they probably want to do it, but they're looking at the youth and thinking, we're not there. I can't put that player into this team. He's not going to make a, uh, an impact. How many guys in, in recent times um, have been at that level? Arguably Ben Doak, um, again, came a wee bit late in the day for Ange, I think, threw him in, realised that the boy's head had already been turned. He was leaving the building. My big concern at the moment is, of course, Rocco Vata. And when you've got two of your first-choice uh, wingers um, out of the team in Leo Bada and Dyson Maeda, surely the boy gets on the bench. And today, he does not. So in terms of quality, you also look at the amount of quality that, that have been through the Celtic side, Kevin, over the last, let's say, three, four, five years, there has been quality. Of course there has. And what about the the moments uh, where we've almost had the player in the door and we've not went that extra yard to get the quality? And I am talking about John McGinn and Ivan Tony and Aaron Hickey. These guys were there. We could have gone out and could have got them, and we didn't. And these players make a massive difference to the overall quality of your team. Then you go into the last three transfer windows, which I've been highlighting time and time again. We have lost seven first-team players in those three windows. If you want to include Beton and Roger Yakamakis, Juranovic and Moy, Jota, and who was the other one? Starfield. These were all important players, Kev. And when you hear the word quality being used by Brendan, it is pointing the finger at the transfer window. There wasn't enough quality brought in in the summer. It needs to be put right in January. The whole thing won't be put right but we need to start bringing two or three players of quality in every transfer window, Kev. And then what you'll start to see over a period is your team is getting better. There's more quality. They, they are well enough equipped to take on the challenge in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the goal of every transfer window is that you end it stronger than you went into it. Um, this transfer window, you could maybe have a little leeway in it and that Jota was someone that we didn't expect to sell. I don't think that was planned, but probably the other sales were. So we were potentially always going to come out weaker with Jota leaving. It's a very difficult player to replace. However, we've spoken about it so many times. We've got £70 million in the bank. No one's asking us to break the bank and spend all that. And you get £25 million of free money with Jota coming in. We could have and we should have either spent a little bit more to bring in more quality or sign less players and spend the same amount of money on better players. It's not rocket science. We just, we've messed up the transfer window, I think, big time. That uh, James has pointed out that we didn't sign a single player really over the age of 23, apart from that Phillips, but I think he's away in January, so I'm not really including him as kind of like a long-term signing. That's a major failing of the club again. It's fine to sign young players that have got potential and that have got talent, but it was one of the things that Ange did well in his recruitment was he went out and got guys with experience. Somebody like Starfelt, who was so 25, 26 or something when he's come in. Kyogo had experience as well, maybe not in Europe, but at a high level in Asia. And that's what we need to do. We need to go out and sign a few more of these guys that are about ready-made, spend a couple of million more if that's what it takes, but you'll see that they... The standard of the first team improves and then the standard of everyone else around them improves because they need to raise their game to get to the new guy's level. Yeah. And that, the players that have come in just now have come in as backups and no one feels threatened by their arrival. No one's place is under threat and that that's almost like a step back at the moment. 
I, mean, I totally agree that they need to have the time to develop and improve, but it's Celtic, you don't always get the time. And we should be helping these players out by having more experienced guys alongside them. One thing I'd say back um, about Ange and his youth pro uh, promise is that if you look back, he, even though it was maybe just the last quarter of last season, he at least had Summers and Vata on the bench almost every week. Gonna gave Vata four games, you're right. He gave him four games, he gave Summers his debut, a couple of matches. He gave, oh, I forget, he wasn't, was that Owen Moffat? Gave him a game in a cup final. No, he was yeah. giving young players a game every now and again. And I think, I think that's as good as we could expect, but you've got nine subs. At least two of those spaces should be current academy players that are coming through. So whether the talent's just not there, whether the managers just don't trust them, whether there's too much pressure from fans as well, you know, that we demand the result. So why do you want to put a young boy in that pressure environment? I don't know what it is, but something needs to change. And it probably starts with the recruitment policy, sign better players, more experienced players, and then you're actually able to give your youth a chance. It's a whole policy rethink that needs to be done now. No, you're right. And uh, big, wide-scale discussions around that will happen in the future on Axom. Today, of course, we are concentrating on the challenge of Aberdeen also having played in Europe this week. They've not had a great season domestically, and I'm looking forward to hearing what some of our contributors are going to be saying in the in the chat. Pete comes right in to say, why is Phillips on the bench? I'm going to start with this one. Instead of Lagerbielk or Novroski, uh, Phillips is leaving in six weeks' time, surely. Better to play the other two to build for the future. And this is something, again, because, James, you're looking at every nuance of, of Celtic, the squad management, everything else, uh, future recruitment coming in in January, etc. We have spoken quite a bit about the central defensive uh, situation. And by the way, Celtic were thrown into disarray with uh, the injury crisis. We had to bring in a few bodies and one of one of those bodies was uh, Matt Phillips, who was an emergency and, you know, due to his uh, wages, and the fact that uh, the guys have all come back from injury, Stephen Milch included, I'm pretty sure he will go back to Liverpool in January and we'll wish him all the best and away he'll go. It was a short-term deal, always was a short-term deal. And he probably suffered from the fact that Liam Scales was in this period of resurgence and had Nat Phillips got loads of games and played really, really well, we could have been sitting here saying, sign the guy, he's an absolute genius, but that's not happened. So come January, I agree uh, Nat Phillips will be heading off. But it is interesting that the point's been made. Brendan Rodgers rates them higher than two of the new signings that uh, there has been something in the region of, you would suggest, £8 million investment in Novroski and Lagerbielk. James McKenzie, when are we going to see those two guys again? I'd like it to be soon. I mean, you touched on Matt Phillips and he's been the man who's been third in the pecking order over the last few weeks. But I think he will be away in January. He's, he's come in, he's done the job that he was brought in to do, which was provide a body and a steady option when the defence was completely depleted. Yeah, and I remember, I can't remember what game it was after, but there was a lot of people posting photos of Nat Phillips next to Shane Duffy. And I was looking at that, I was like, what? How are you pulling these two together? I don't think Nat Phillips has been anything other than a steady option at Celtic. He's come in, done his job, and that'll be him off in January. But I'd like to see Lagerbielka or Mike Navrocki pretty soon. I mean, we paid €5 million Euros for Mike Navrocki, so I'd imagine Rodgers will be eager to get him into the team at some point. But yeah. they won't be in the team until either Liam Scales or Cameron Carter-Vickers' performance levels drop. 
mean, you can't drop scales when he's playing this good. He hasn't really put a foot wrong so far in a Celtic shirt. I think the only bad game he's had was the Athletic Madrid game during the week. But you can't pick out a player from that team who had a good game. So I think until either of them starts to show any signs of dropping, they're going to be the starting pair for the foreseeable future. But you'd think with how congested the fixture list is going to be going into the Christmas break, I think we might see Navrocki creeping into the team at some point. Rogers will be eager to get him some minutes, whether it be from the bench or not. But I hope we see him pretty soon. You made the point there, Scales has hardly put a foot wrong. I made that point a few weeks ago and it was pointed out, oh, no, no he has. Uh, he played somebody onside once and uh, that was the argument. And it, it kind of shows, Kevin, that CCV and Scales is definitely that partnership, isn't it? We built um, two years of success uh, under Ange Postecoglou and people will point to the creative players. That's what we do. We remember the flair and the goals and, and all that kind of stuff. But it was built on that bedrock of Joe Hart and goals, Carter Vickers and Starfelt at the back. And, you know, when Starfelt left as an individual, you know, I was sad to see him go and don't like seeing quality. There's that word again, leaving the building. But I was more concerned about the partnership because I do believe that that partnership, you know, was far more powerful than some of some of its parts, if you like that, you know. And I think that um, Carter Vickers has shown that he could probably play with anybody. He's a bit not comparing the two, but he was a bit like Van Dyke in that he could probably bring people up a level um, if they played alongside him. Listen, I've seen games this season where Scales has been above Carter Vickers in the performance stakes, but they are undoubt- undoubtedly, Kevin, the, the first two picks for centre-half. And I, I agree with James. You can't have a dig at Scales uh, during the week because we were rotten as a team. We were absolutely rotten as a team. And you look at the situation and the way that they actually approached that game, Atletico Madrid I'm talking about, in that they basically took out our two fullbacks. who, if you think about the inverted fullback under Ange again, I'm harking back to that, but it's it's kind of like the hangover from that scenario whereby they were massive to the success of Celtic. They were taken out completely. That was, for me, Alistair Johnson's worst game in a Celtic jersey. Uh, that was the first time James pointed that out, that he actually looked at his depth in a Celtic jersey. And I hope that you know, he'll come through that, he'll galvanise him, he'll learn from it, he'll get stronger and, and he'll come through it. But Atletico Madrid took out our two fullbacks, Kev, which meant that um, instantly the midfield has been flooded and overrun. Um, and then you're looking at your wingers at that stage and you've got Palma and Maeda, Maeda sent off. And Maeda was a guy that's going to give you any kind of defensive cover. And that meant, as an, as an offensive uh, force, we were non-existent. But I think it came from the fact that the two fullbacks were taken out. You can see the knock-on and then the secondary knock-on of that that effect. It doesn't tend to happen domestically, but uh, it was pretty obvious to me on Tuesday night that the two fullbacks were the guys that were targeted. And that's why they were targeted, because you knew that it wasn't just the, those two that you were going to get a result from. You're getting a result in the midfield, which only has three guys in it now, and you're getting a result up top, especially when Maeda was off the pitch. Yeah, I think it's a common theme when we play against the top European side is that they target our fullbacks, regardless of who we're playing against. Um, I think at that level they are seen as a bit of a weak link. They're absolutely fine domestically and there's, they'll stroll through most games. But if there's something missing at that level, whether it's just uh, the experience of not really having played there that much. Or being pinned back like that. They're not used to it, are they? They're not used to it. No, because we play our games here and basically you're playing against 10 men behind the ball. So I yeah. um, can't remember who it was that was mentioning this before, but 
Oh God, we didn't even play last weekend. My mind is so scrambled, I can't remember the game last weekend. Ross County. We were playing against Ross County, that's the one. Um, we had uh, Carter Vickers and Scales were playing on the halfway line. Yeah. Inside their half for most of the game. And then to change from having that level of dominance to then being the ones that are pinned back and not being allowed to play your game, when you, but you still want to, and you're still being told to by the manager, that makes it really difficult. I, to one extent, don't really blame the players that much for what happened. I'm, I'd pin a little bit more on Rodgers and I don't think he reacted quick enough to the situation. When they played us in the first game, you could see the tide was turning a bit towards the end of the first half and in the first 15-20 minutes of the second half and they were getting joy down the wings and pinning the full-backs back. So you went to the three centre-backs. That was something you could either have started with or moved to earlier just to give us that extra body in there. Yeah. I think that might have helped shore things up a little bit. To be fair, I don't think it would have helped us win the game. I think we would still have been on there a bit of a hiding, but because we were the man down, but it might have been a bit more respectable and some players might have come out with a, a wee bit more credit or at least not had the confidence bashed quite so much. All that said, though, to talk about today's game, to try and get us on track for that in the final five minutes or so, you're playing Aberdeen at home. We've won, I think it's 33 out of the last 35 games against them at Celtic Park. I read something like that this morning. They played Thursday night and gave their absolute all. They'll be absolutely done. This could be one of those perfect games for us to rebound. And if we can keep a clean sheet, that back line's going to have its confidence restored fully. If Oden Home can put in the kind of performance me and James both want them to, because we're big fans, then... He stakes his claim for that Hattati jersey while he's out and then maybe frees up O'Reilly to do something more. Uh, yeah, it's a big game for a lot of players out there today, but it is actually, I think, uh, almost a perfect kind of game to come back to to try and restore all the lost confidence from midweek. Thank God, thank God it's at home, by the way. It's a completely different I story. I know, I know. Uh, so I'm glad that it's at home. I'm not saying it's a done deal, but a uh, big shout out to our friend uh, Brian Cannon, who has travelled up. Microdot, you might remember, were responsible for some of the most iconic 1990s um, sleeve art for bands, including Oasis, The Verve, Suede, the beta band, cast it goes on and on and on a very very talented photographer and designer and he is up at celtic park supporting the hoops um i got his james's limit. face just glazed over when you mentioned half of those bands there he's not got a clue oh exactly yes uh, i think james uh, is um, yeah He's been well taught. He's been well taught from his old fella <laughs> and his, his old uncle, I know. Um, but yes, he is up representing Microdot at Celtic Park today, which is always an absolute pleasure. Um, you mentioned home. I know that you're a big fan. You were talking about him before we even signed him. You've done a bit of a deep dive into what we were going to expect from him. And uh, yeah, people point towards his defensive qualities, James. I also like him in an offensive sense. I think he's a good all rounder, is Oden Home. Yeah, a bit like the player that I've been comparing him to constantly, Cal McGregor, he can sort of do it all. And Tom's shown some similar qualities. He's been a bit of an all-rounder. I mean, if you look at O's winner against St Mirren last week, he has a massive role to play in that goal. The little shimmy pass the defender and the pass to play in behind. It's going to be a big game for him because he's, he's, he'll be really wanting to impress the home fans. 
But I've seen people in the comments saying they have a bit of a dodgy feeling about today's game. But I think that might be not only because of the fact that we got hammered during the week, but it's going to be big for Brendan Rodgers before the game because in the crowd you've got no Green Brigade making the noise and you haven't got the boys there either. I'm not sure if they've staged a walkout or if they're just not going to go to the game. So I think the atmosphere is going to be a bit flat and after midweek's result, the fans are going to get frustrated pretty easily if Celtic don't score in the first 20 or 25 minutes or God forbid if Aberdeen score first. So I think the start of this game is going to be really important. I think they're not going to get as much energy from the crowd as they usually do. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Brendan Rodgers to really psych up the players and motivate them before this game. But there's players in the team who are eager to impress. There's jerseys up for grabs at the moment. So that should provide all the motivation for the likes of your homes and your yangs that they really need. Yeah, I love that. I love when we're talking football, Kev, and we, we talk... Uh, in plural about footballers, your Gascoins, your Decanios, your your Van Hoydons. It's all right if it's <laughs> two guys who uh, there was two on the park. By the way, I found it quite interesting. We were doing a wee, a wee look at uh, Matt Phillips and um, his old fella played with Rangers and he played in that 2-2 game that McAvaney got sent off. Did you know that, Kev? So it was a 2-2 oh. game in the centenary season. Uh, McAvenny, Jimmy Phillips or something like that, isn't it? Oh, played, in played for Bolton. Game. He did. There you go. Uh, won't hold you that go. against you, Nat. Won't hold that against you, son. Um, the other uh, big talking point, of course, is who was going to replace Maeda. Kevin, um, Brendan Rodgers has given Yang the nod. I probably thought he would get the nod, to be fair. He's had a wee bit more gain of game time. I think when he came on against St Mirren, he was one of the reasons, along with the likes of home and oh, uh, that we won that game. Um, and I, I have liked the look of him. I think he started off well, took a dip, and he starts to impress again. Um, but again, it, it set up this discussion that, that we were having around you know, guys like, uh, obviously, James E. Forrest is going to be give, given a nod more often than not from... Uh, Brendan Rodgers, if it's not in the starting 11, then certainly on the bench. And it kind of freezes out players like Vata, going back to the, the chat around you. So Vata hasn't been given the nod. I would have thought today would have been a good example of that. You know, Mikey Johnson came in at Easter Road, got a few minutes, hasn't been seen since. Um, and Tilio, he is Celtic's forgotten man, Kev. When are we going to see Tilio? The lesser spotted Marco Tilio. Yeah. Who knows? He's played a B-team game, hasn't he? He played in the Mikey Moffat testimonial, I think he did. And then he's never been game. seen since. Yeah, so he's with fit. Quan, the two of them. So he's fit. He's available. He should be available then. It's, it's a bizarre one that he's not in there. Especially given the write-up that he was given when we signed him. You know, I know I've got a YouTube fan. video. Of the, ah, Jared knows the yeah, Jared's Australian game. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I know everyone's got that YouTube video that makes you look like a world beater. But he seemed to genuinely be a good player. So it's a surprise that he's not getting a look in. But on the point of that, I would have thought today would have been the perfect game again for him on the bench in place of Forrest. Not that I've got anything against Jamesy, but Yang would have been my starter for this game in place of Maida because I think he's he's earned it with some of his recent performances domestically. You remember back to Petodre as well, he came on and set up O'Reilly's goal, the third goal that clinches the game. So he's got previous against Aberdeen. Yeah. He's a good player. Um, and this is that type of game where you just think every one of those boys has got to be fired up to go and put in a performance after Tuesday night. Have faith in them that they're actually going to do it. And then you can be out of sight by an hour, 70 minutes. And then this is the chance to give Vata his run out and let us see what he can do. Because we've spoken about him for about the last year. 
and none of the three of us know if he's a good player or not because he never gets the chance. There's only so much you can do at Lowland League or in the UEFA Youth League to suggest that you might be a player. He's got to get the minutes in these kind of games to prove one way or the other that he is or he's not. And right now, if he's as good a player as probably he believes he is, he should rightly be frustrated at not getting on the bench in a game like this. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, let's go to the action. Uh, really wasn't to see Celtic back at home and hopefully um, getting a result under the belts, uh, obviously, after Tuesday night. And we will be back at halftime to talk about the first half. Please join us um, at halftime for Kevin, myself and James. Um, thanks, everybody, for getting involved. 600 strong on the live stream. All that's left for me to say this afternoon is thank you once again to Kevin McCluskey and James McKenzie for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network.